Welcome to the continued podcast adventures of Superhero Speak. But I think many of the people that love this character and that love superheroes in general have used these stories as inspiration to say, you know what, I'm going to do something good in the world. I'm going to make a difference like my hero when I was a kid. That is my fondest memory of it because when, you, when you're doing comic books, you want them to affect people. Right. You want people to care. You want, you want to strike emotions. And I knew that that clone saga was striking a lot of emotions. Can you yeah. imagine uh, Pulp Fiction starring Goofy and uh, Mickey Mouse? I can totally <laughs> imagine that. You I'm sure somebody's written that one. Pounder with cheese and France, Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, ale with cheese, Mickey. Yeah. <laughs> I can totally see. I, I, would, I would watch the hell out of that movie. Yes, I gladly saw, sacrifice at my. my progeny to you of a mighty marvel beast <laughs> but neil adams is somewhere going mm, it's, it's my time uh, how do you measure success let's do it <laughs> hey everyone and welcome to superhero speak i think i'm your host dave <laughs> i'm jd and i'm alone <laughs> all right boys so here's Here's what's going on. It's just JD and I tonight. Number one, we had oh, number one. John is under the weather still. He's having some back issues, and he's going to have a get, get checked out on this week. See what's going on. So, long story short, he's going to take some time off from the podcast. We wish him well. I'm sure he'll be back before we know it, annoying us all and drinking along. John's <laughs> miserable, but not in the way he's like normally miserable. Yes, like he's like hurting miserable. <laughs> not like hurting inside miserable yes yeah actually he's yeah. probably still hurting on the inside but now he's hurting on the outside to match his, his outside is matching his inside I think. right so which is pure misery for anyone so we get why john is taking a break seriously though hope john's feeling better his back's really messed up right now and that's no fun and then we had a couple guests lined up for tonight to do an interview and they had to cancel last minute like really last minute, the literal last minute for health issues and it's like, well, it's too late to get a sub. It's too late to put together topics. So guess what? JD and I are winging it tonight. We've been doing this for five years together. I think we can figure this out. This takes me, like, I wanted to start off with saying this takes me back to the very first episode when it was me, John, and Ben, and we all worked together at the point roll, and we just went into a conference room. I literally put my phone down on the middle of the table and hit record. Oh, wow. And, and we said, we're going to talk about Man of Steel. And that's all we did. We just talked to Man of Steel for like an hour and put that up. And that was the first episode. So, you know. Really? Yeah. It's the first podcast I ever did on my own, I interviewed my buddy Rich Duick and I had I had the microphone up to, I put my phone up to the microphone when he would talk because I didn't know how to do it. <laughs> yeah. Technology. The fun. It's come a long way. I'll say that. I'll say that. So. Oh, boy. So. Sorry, How's your week? Great. Oh. I had two sneezes there, which created some pregnant pauses. Yes, yes. Not bad, man. I took my kid to a place. We have a place that, because we live in the country, but mm -hmm. we got Rockford. It's about a 25-minute drive from us and the home of Cheap Trick for some mm -hmm. rock and roll fans. It's a dump. Rockford sucks. But there are parts of it that are okay. And he knew about this place called Nickel World, and it's an arcade. And you pay, it's $2.50 to get in per person mm -hmm. and then you and everything runs off nickels oh wow like, 
it's like a, it's not a nickel it's like usually two nickels for a video game or three nickels for a video game i paid four nickels to play air hockey with my kid and then it was 10 nickels for him to play dance dance revolution and figure out that he hated it <laughs> so it was awesome we had a great time i was playing mortal Kombat and tekken like it was 1995 all over again i had yeah. a bl- i had a blast with my kid this afternoon it was awesome Cool. And then we were watching Honey, I Shrunk the Kids before I came up to do the podcast. The original? The original. Yeah. We try to, we sit down with him and we try to watch like older movies to try to introduce him to like quality entertainment from before he was born and stuff that we liked, which is probably perversing him because he loves Scooby-Doo and he loves all this stuff from, you know, the 80s and 90s and, you know, but it was good. He, he was enjoying it before I had to leave. I think every parent does that. I think so too. I remember sitting down and like my parents showing us what was it the original cheaper by the dozen which was a disney movie mm-hmm. and it's such a different movie than the steve the steve martin they're, one. they're remaking it again or yes. the remake of it came out again i forget what it is but yeah they, they're remaking I mean, why, it again yeah why they, not keep remaking that thing when my mom did the same thing because she was a big film buff too and i remember specifically i remember when i was a little little kid probably not much older than andy they had, you know, we go to the video store. Remember that was a thing, kids, the video <laughs> store. And I would usually look at the cartoon movies and stuff like that. And then like the horror movie section was off to the corner and it felt dangerous, right? Like that's where all the scary movies are. And I would like inch every time I went there, I'd inch my way over to the horror movie section. Mm-hmm. And I would just look at the boxes and my brain would like fill in the gaps and what was going on in all these scary movies. So, I mean, like I had no idea what things were, but I had like, I was obsessed with like the cover of like Night of the Living of a Return of the Living Dead. Okay. And I, Return of, I don't I never saw I've never seen Return of the Living Dead to be quite honest with you because my brain filled in the gaps of what it is. So I felt like I don't need to. And then I remember I get in trouble. I got in trouble in vacation Bible school because we had like free art time. And I drew a poster for Return of the Living Dead Part 3, which before it actually came out. And it was the zombies versus Optimus Prime. And they brought my parents in to have a conversation with them about how that was not appropriate for <laughs> bible school and my dad was this aging hippie so he was like my kid can draw whatever he wants good <laughs> down with religion we don't believe in your bullshit anyway my mom's trying to shut him up so yeah but that's but my mom long story short my mom's like if you want to start watching these movies we will watch them together but you're going to start in the beginning so she rented dracula the bell the bella lugosi version oh wow and we watched Dracula and Frankenstein. And that's what got me into these movie monsters. I remember we had these books in my elementary school about movie monsters. And then I was reading about Godzilla and King Kong. And then at the same time, I just like about a year later, I discovered Grandpa Al had super scary Saturdays on TBS in the morning, just after wrestling. So mm-hmm. I watched wrestling and then I'd watch some monster movie. And that was pretty much it. My life fell down this path <laughs> because I was too scared to walk into the scary movie section of the video store. Yeah, that, that's what I'm trying to think. Is Return of the Living Dead the one where it's like a nuclear accident? Yeah, I think so. I, I've never, I've only seen the parts, but that's the one where they break and then like, yes, that's, all I, yes. that's all I know about. I, like I right, because they capture one and they're like, why do you want brains? Because it stops the pain. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Pain? The pain of being dead. Yeah. Like, again, so I've never, corny. never actually seen it. But again, in my mind, it was Autobots versus zombies, and quite frankly, nothing's ever going to surpass that. So why try? <laughs> like, what's going to beat that? So <sighs> just let it, let it live in my head the way I think it is. And someone needs to make that movie. 
I think there's lawsuits. That, I think there was like legal precedence that would prevent anyone from making that movie, but it would be awesome. It would be awesome. IDW, if you're listening, call me. <laughs> but yeah, that's, I remember I have this, I have a vivid memory of going through this whole thing. And then, yeah. And that cool. got me, that got me rolling down the ball. Cause now I'm watching all kinds. By that point, I'm in the fifth grade watching the omen and being like, this rules, man. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. And quite frankly, The Omen does rule. That's a great movie. Yeah, that's Damien. The original Omen is a fantastic horror movie. Probably too slow for people today who are getting into horror movies. Because, you know, movies in the 70s, just they just move slower. They aren't like what they are now, you know? What's the... What was the last one they made where he's like an adult and he's running... The Final Conflict. That's to be confused with with Europe's The Final Countdown. But that's when Sam Neill plays Damien. He's running for president. And he impregnates he impregnates women with a with a fellow antichrist, but they impregnated her going in the wrong way. <laughs> I was in the movie that really did happen, and then they Remember had a, that. But yeah. oh no, I because they made a sequel to that one that came out on Fox in the early nineties. Oh my god! Because that was like his daughter, and then his daughter when she's like ten, they find out she's carrying her ident- her twin brother in her womb and it's just it's a god-awful piece of shit man it's <laughs> so bad but like you know if you if you dig the mythos of the omen you know if you're a completist nutcase like me you've seen them yeah and i've only seen i think the first one and that the first, last one the first two are good damien omen 2 is actually a pretty good movie it's not okay. as good as the omen but it's not bad it's like the kid figures out he's the son of the devil and he's really bothered by it at first. And then he, by the end, he's like, yeah, fuck it. <laughs> yeah. Why, I'll why just, not? Yeah. I'll just roll with this, but that's, it's, it's a cool movie. It's, it's really cool. It, uh, the one you're thinking of the final conflict with Sam Neill is dog shit. It's such a bad yeah, movie. It's it is. not, it's when you pitch it, you're like, yeah, that sounds really cool. And then you watch it and you're like, Oh, that's terrible. Which is a shame. There was, me, I had a group of friends, and like we would always <clears throat> once a week get together and rent a movie, and we would all take turns picking the movie. And my, oh yeah, one, I love. My one friend would always pick horror movies, and nine times out of ten, pick them based on the box. So we saw the the Omen, and then when the Final Countdown came out, or the what's that Final no, Conflict, Final Conflict came out, and we knew who Sam Neill was. It was like, oh yeah, we got to watch this. Oh my god, this is horrible. It's bad. I had a friend like that too, because in college, especially, we would go out of our way to go to Blockbuster and rent again, age. Then we would rent like bad, like intentionally bad horror movies. Mm. And that was fun at that point. But then we would get some classics too. Like that's how I watched Chainsaw, Texas Chainsaw for the first time, the original Texas Chainsaw. I think the most memorable one that he picked was Lair of the White Worm. Oh, that's a Brett, excuse me, that's a Bram Stoker story. Yes, but the movie's horrible. I've heard that. I know the <laughs> the book is supposed to be decent, I guess. I mean, like you never quite when you when you strike Dracula like your first time out, like where do you go from there? You know? Yeah. Like you hit one of the literary classics. Like, but I've heard Layer of the White Worm is not a bad book. I've never read it. I don't know if that's accurate or not, but it's got a great title. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and and also I think it's one of those movies too where it was made in the eighties, so the special effects are you know, something to be desired. I don't know, man. Like I, I was having this conversation with Michelle the other day because we were watching Pirates of the Caribbean a couple weeks ago with, with Andy. Mm-hmm. And the scene where the, the skeleton pirates are climbing on stuff, I'm like, man, that looks very video gamey. Oh, and I was watching Rogue One the other day. And I, okay. we got to the end 
where my brother's trying to call this on podcasting. We got to the end where you see Grand Moff Tarkin and Princess Leia. And I'm like, holy crap, this is, it's only seven years old, but this is aged terribly. Like the spec, they look like video game characters. It's bad. Like I'll straight up say it's really bad in retrospect. But then again, like you look at some of the stuff from the eighties, like the practical special effects movies. And I think some of those have aged better in some aspects yeah. than, than, than the early CGI heavy films. Like I can watch Gremlins and still be, and still be like, man, this holds up. You know, most of Ghostbusters holds up pretty good. You know? In the, the first Spider-Man movie, <clears throat> there's a scene where he's fighting guys and he does like a backflip and knocks them out. And it's all CG Spider-Man in that scene. And like that has not aged well at all. I have not watched the original Spider-Man in a long time. Yeah. So I need to check that out. I'm Because I always defend it. So I'm wonder. part of me wonders if it's as good as I think it is, you know, so I need to I need to give it another view because it's 20 years old at this point. But again, yeah. I like I like a lot of stuff from the 80s that I think holds up pretty well in most cases. So I would like to check that out because I have I have noticed that a lot of a lot of the movies with early special early computer special effects and not like talking like Last Starfighter or anything like that. But I mean, like, you know, the early CG laden films, I don't think they age very well. I haven't watched Transformers, which I guess came out 15 years ago today. Ooh. I haven't watched that in forever. I don't know. I don't know how that looks. I didn't love it at the time. I don't know. That's that's going to be a tough one, I think. <laughs> I mean, sitting through it. It might be a chore, but yeah, I don't think I can do it. Yeah. So how was your week? Good, good. I actually went on a mini vacation, went down the oh, shore. The Jersey Shore? Or does Pennsylvania have a shore that I'm unaware of? The Jersey Shore. Oh. With my with my girlfriend. We So she, her school was shut down for a week. They do maintenance once a year. Oh, okay. So they, after school ends, uh, a couple weeks after school ends, they do it every year where like, Anything that needs to be fixed, they strip the floors and, and wax them. And, you know, any if there's a broken window, it gets replaced. Like, all that stuff is done in this week. So you can go in if you want, but, like, no one's there. Everyone, mostly everyone goes on vacation that week, you know, so that the there's no staff getting in the way of, of the guys working. <clears throat> so so she's like, oh, why don't we go? So I took Friday off. We left Thursday. She picked me up Thursday after work, and we went down. And we were just going to stay the one night, but it was like, there's, it takes about two to two and a half hours to get to the shore for my house. And so it was just like, yeah, we'll stay an extra night. You know, came home yesterday. But yeah, no, we had a good time. We went, you know, I don't know, like, did you see you're from Chicago, so you probably don't go to the shore a lot. You don't have a boardwalk what's near a, you. What's a shore? Yeah. Well, actually, we have the lake shore. So it is common, you know, every once in a while, you got to go to the Lake Shore in Michigan or Lake Michigan. We have the Lake yeah. Shore and you go walk along that because we have beaches, but they're like not really beaches. I mean, it's there's some cool stuff, though. You always get good pictures. We have the we have the planetarium and the bill and stuff like that, then lines. So it, there's stuff, but yeah. I imagine it's not like though, like what you guys have. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, anyone who's been to Shore Points along at least the <clears throat> Jersey Shore, uh, there's boardwalks everywhere and there's they build up you know amusements and games and food places all along the boardwalk and you you walk the boardwalk and then the other thing is like tradition is you get up early and you go bike riding because nothing opens up on the boardwalk till like 10 o'clock so you you bike ride in the morning on the boardwalk and go have breakfast and then go hang out and, and do stuff and there's a arcade they call it a casino arcade whatever that we go to it's one of those where like you like Dave and Buster's Chuck E. Cheese, you play, you earn points, and then you get prizes. And uh, so we were doing that. And, like, it's funny because she, like, 
never went to they always went to seaside heights which is more not geared towards families and kids or not geared towards kids and where wildwood is more for like teenage kids like it's more of a happening spot i guess more or less so she never went there so so like and so they didn't they don't have a lot of arcades like that so they didn't really go that often when she would take her kids so but she got into it you know she was playing the games and earning the points and then I ended up getting a set. It's all the Avengers from the first movie, Mini Mates, came in a set. That's cool. So, yeah. And then she didn't want anything, so I still got a bunch of points left. But we're going to go back down, she said, probably later this month. Yeah, this month, July. And then, you know, I went to dinner at some of my favorite places. We had Pizza Sam's, for those who know the Jersey Shore, know Wildwood. Sam's is the best. It's better than Max. No, no complaints. I know my friend Doug listens every once in a while. Yes, Doug. Sam's is better than Max because he likes Max. I will take I will take your word for it. And then the other thing was when we got up Saturday, we went to the convention center because they were having a card comic book and collectible show. Okay. Yeah. There was one of the there was an old Philly there who was signing autographs, but that was it. I mean, and then there's a lot of bunch of people selling stuff. It's interesting to see some of the stuff people are selling. And the prices that they sell, especially sports collectibles, because that's not something I normally look at. And when you see people signing a baseball bat that's just signed by someone for 300 bucks, I'm like, really? I I don't understand any collectible. I've, I'm not a collector, right? Like, I just, I read, right? That's yeah. something. I'm a comic reader. I've never been a collector. Even the stuff, like, my wife's got the Star Wars stuff. She just got that for me. Like, I've never been that kind of guy. So I see like, what people want for things or like whenever i go to a show and i see what people are selling like toys or like even books for i'm just like it it boggles my mind so yeah i i i get you yeah yeah i mean and i guess i get the comic books a little bit but still like i'm the guy and this is exactly what i did there There there's someone that had the dollar bin you know they're they're they're, actually what they did was all the everything in the book everything in the box was a dollar but everything was bagged and there were two books per bag. So you were there 50 cents. Unfortunately, you might see one book you want and it's bagged with something else. You're like, eh, yeah, but, but I bought three. So I got six bucks, uh, six books for three bucks. Like, why not? You know? (laughs) And then my girlfriend bought me a pair of Iron Man socks. (laughs) So yeah, no, but we had a really good time. I'm exhausted today. You sound exhausted. Quite frankly, my, my, uh, I don't have a Fitbit, but my app on my phone, like, I walked like seven miles. I walked like, we walked like six miles the first day and like three miles the next day, you know? And like, I'm just like, ugh, I'm too old for all this. In fact, when we went bike riding in the morning, later on that day, she's like, I haven't been on a bike since I was a teenager and I've used muscles I didn't know I had anymore. (laughs) I I forgot to mention it was my wedding anniversary on Friday. Oh, happy anniversary. Thanks. 16 years. 16 wonderful years? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what I'm going to say. Hopefully she buys it. No, it was cool. We usually were able to dump the kid off with uh, the in-laws, but, you know, this year we decided we went to, because then we moved out here. So we went to one of our favorite restaurants back where we used to live and we brought Andy with him. So Andy got to try some sushi stuff for the first time. None of the raw fish. It's not good for little kids, but he got to do like California rolls and that kind of stuff. So that was cool. And then yesterday we went up to the Milwaukee Symphony Orchestra to watch them perform the soundtrack for How to Train Your Dragon. Oh, we watched the movie How to Train Your Dragon. Wow. It's 
awesome. If anyone ever has, because Michelle and I have done this a bunch. We've gone to the ones in Chicago. Like, I think I've seen Ben-Hur and uh, Star Wars and a couple other movies and a bunch of Looney Tunes they did once. They brought mm-hmm. it, They did all the Looney Tunes that are playing the music for the Looney Tunes. It was awesome. So if anyone ever has an opportunity to do that, I highly recommend it. It's a great way to watch a movie and get a little culture in you because, you know, some people don't have the patience to sit through an orchestra. I might be guilty of that, but I've gotten used to it over the years. But it was my kid's first time. So he was... And he loves How to Train Your Dragon. Absolutely loves it. So he was excited to watch it. And then it was it was cool watching him. He'd watch the instruments for a little bit. And then he would go back and watch the movie. And mm-hmm. it's, a neat, it's a neat little experience. So we got to have a nice little family weekend. So I got no work done whatsoever in the last three days. Yeah, Karen took her oldest to the Star Wars one when he was like five. Yeah. And he, she said he had a blast. It's so. cool, man. I, like I said, if you if you've... If you like movies, it's a cool way to watch a movie. And it, I think it gives you a different appreciation for music, you know, as far as they relate to film. And, you know, it's it's just it's not the way I would see a movie for the first time. But if it's a movie you like and you've seen a bunch, like I would absolutely go watch Big Trouble in Little China with John Carpenter performing the soundtrack on a keyboard. <laughs> I would do that. I don't think anyone's I don't think there's a market for that, but I would do it if given the option. Or Halloween. Dude, yeah, that'd be badass, actually, now that I think about it. <laughs> John, if you're listening, let's make it happen. We know you're not. Oh, no, John Carpenter. I think meant John O'Grady. <laughs> There's actually a better chance of John Carpenter listening than John chance. O'Grady listening. There is a better chance of John Carpenter listening <laughs> to this show than there is John O'Grady because we interviewed his wife oh, Deborah a, Hill, you a got, couple years ago for um, a, at New York Comic Con, yeah. Oh, I don't remember that. I was I never go to the New York Con, so I always forget who you interview. I need to do that at some point. I haven't gone to New York Comic Con since 2014. I need to do that again at some point. I need to do it again. Come some with point. us. I well, I gotta get there. That's the problem. Plain Schmain. Well, then it's staying in New York. It's freaking expensive. You man. would you would bunk with us. Still expensive. Not when you split it among three people. Come on. What's the cost of a hotel when I'm in New York City? Manhattan um, than that. On top of that. And do you realize how cheap I am? So that's that's question two. I th- well, okay. So when I went last year, I think it was three hundred a night. The place that we stayed at. That is expensive. That so is wait, that is Thursday, incredibly Friday, expensive. Saturday, yes. Our, so it was twelve hundred bucks before taxes and everything. Yeah. That is expensive. Yes. For multiple that, nights. That's still like, but it's still like three hundred bucks for one night when I cannot go and not spend anything, right? Yeah. I'm a cheap ass. So <laughs> I don't like, I don't like spending money. So, but yeah, that would be I, the last time I went to New York comic con again, I crashed at my friend's house who lived in Queens. So that's, that's why I was doing that. The last time I went was when I was going full born to being a comic book into writing comics. And then I don't know if I ever told this story. So about Hawk hollow, I'll tell you this, we, we got nothing else to do. So I'll yeah, do, wait, I mean, I'll do some I remember Hawk hollow it's when my you book. started on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, let me tell you. Let me tell you a little story. Twenty four. So while I was doing my book Deluge, which was the the first Kickstarter I did, it took three years from the time that we finished the Kickstarter to the time the book was printed. Right, Rich was getting other stuff. You know, and I was he was working for me for very cheap, and then like he was work. He did a Grant Morrison project, and then he did something with Corey Taylor of Slipknot fame. So uh, yes, I'm less important than those guys, which is yes. fine. I, I admit that. So I'm like, no problem. <laughs> so it took three years to get the whole thing done. When it got done, I went to New York Comic Con with the, the hardcore, I'm going to get stuff done. I'm going to get in the door. Because I also had the first four pages for the Hawk Hollow comic book complete. 
uh-huh. not completed they the letters weren't in but the pens the you know was inked and colored and right. I, I had them there so i was ready to go and, and get some attention because at that point deluge had won a couple of indie awards and you know i was feeling really good it, it sold really well in comiXology it was part of like the when comiXology submit first broke it was a, i don't want to say a hit but it was a minor success mm-hmm. like sold tons tons of copies but i made it so cheap i never made i made it a dime i made it was a 99 cent book so anyways um I'm there and I'm talking to Andy Schmidt and these guys and people, I'm in meeting editors and, you know, I'm talking to people and I have this, I have my finished book, which looks great and people like it. And I have this new thing that I'm talking to people about. And it's, you know, I got some, not a lot of, Hey, we're in a publisher's book, but a lot of, Hey, this looks really good. Give, shoot me an email. So mm-hmm. I was there and I was like grinding and I'm like, all right, this is good. This is great. So I went back home and I, I sat down and met with my artist. His name was Matt Jordan. And he was an interesting dude. He, he was a great artist, mm-hmm. right? But he was an animator. That was his full-time job. And we worked, we both worked for this. We specialized in bar mitzvah videos, but we also did a lot of advertising and those kind of things too. So it was like a production house and he was an animator there. And I was just a freelance camera guy, but we were friends. We would talk about comics and uh, he was super talented artist. And I had this story, this book, Hawk Hollow, which right. I'm going to put out again in October. And it's this haunted house. Like imagine a, a bunch of kids in a haunted house, you know, like, like a commercial haunted house, not like an actual haunted, like, right. like the people are running around scaring you. And what if the people running around trying to scare you were actually murderers, right? Okay. And in this case, in this case, they're demonic redneck gin was this crazy thing I came up with. So they like, they're the gin, they're gin, but they inhabit these people's bodies and they're killing kids in this haunted house, right? And the kids who are trying to survive don't know the difference, don't know who the killer is and who the people who just work for the haunted houses. So I was really proud of this haunted house story. And he he did some amazing designs for this book and it was really cool. And it, and we were getting we were getting somewhere right and this is a guy he he had he was a childhood cancer survivor he was paralyzed from the waist down so he was in a wheelchair but he was he full life fun dude to hang out with super creative and he lived his mom he lived with his mom his grandpa and his grandma and in the course of 18 months he had lost all three of them i think mom had cancer I think grandma had a heart attack and I forget how grandpa died, but it was like, it might've just been old age and he mm-hmm. just was thought it was time to go. And I remember this, we went to Red Robin in South Elgin, Illinois, and we're talking about this. I'm like, man, this went good. I said, I showed your stuff to so-and-so and he liked it. He had some suggestions, but he liked it. And he was like, that's freaking awesome, man. And he goes, i finally feel like I can do something for me now. And I'm like, that's right. We're going to get this done. It's going to be awesome. Two weeks later, I get a text message from a mutual friend of ours, eight in the morning, right? When I woke up, my friend had died the night before. Oh my God. He's 30 years old. He, uh, he had a staph infection and he never went to the hospital for it. Mm. He thought, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. And the place we worked, they, they put in some grueling hours, especially in the animations. Like they, they worked hard. Mm. And uh, it was about a, about a 50 minute drive from his office, from his home to the office. And they think he wasn't feeling good. And went home and drove himself to his house and figured I'll just take a nap in the car and I'll be fine. And they found him behind the wheel of his car in his driveway. He suffered a massive heart attack at 30 years old. And that messed me up Mm -hmm. real good because I, for a lot of reasons, one, I just lost a friend Two, it was a guy who was younger than me. He was just three years younger than me. And I'm like, here's, here's, this was the first time that I had lost in my life of someone that was younger than me you know and that was hard to process and then we had this big project and selfishly 
I was like, what, what happens now? Yeah. What, what do I do? Like, <clears throat> because two weeks after that, I got an offer oh. and I had to say, I'm sorry, I can't do the project. My artist has died. And the company wasn't super reputable. We'll leave it at that. It has become one of the, I don't think they're around anymore, but it's a company that a lot of people said, say, don't work for this company. But for me at the time would have been an in, you okay. know? So, so was that, El, <laughs> was that, was that, El, was that audible? Cause I don't want to get sued. I don't think they're going to get sued. Cause I'm pretty Good. sure they're not around anymore. I don't think they're around anymore. But at the time. We the had mid- a big thing on our website about them when yeah, a lot yeah. of that crap was going down. Yeah. I kept my mouth shut. So anyways, I sat and I talked to Andy Schmidt, who is my mentor and comics experience teacher. And I said, what do I do? Because this guy's dad is a, a bad person. And we were worried. And I was worried that maybe he would try to come at me because we didn't have any formal contracts signed. It was, we were two friends working right. together. And I was like, well, we don't have anything yet. So I'm not worried yet, you know? Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what to do. And it really kind of sent me into a depression spiral, you know, of yeah. like, I felt like I got the wood pulled, like one lost my friend. Right. Yeah. And that, you know, the, just the, the loss messed me up big time. And then I felt like, and then you get like the selfishness going like, well, I got my opportunity pulled away from, me. you know, now what do I do? I can't just hire somebody else. These are, it did one, it didn't feel right Two, yeah. like, I didn't want to change anything because I liked his designs and three, it all just felt sour, you know, yeah. like when I think about it, it would feel <clears throat> sour. So to exercise this, I wrote a book. I decided that I'm like, I had no idea how to write a novel, but I decided oh, I have all these ideas. I'll figure out what to do with it later. I hit the infinity gauntlet behind me and there's the original. The cover sucks, but the heated had nothing to the cover. This is the cover was done separately, but this is my first book. It was Hawk Hollow and I didn't know what to do from there. And I have never, I have not gone back to a show with the intention of trying to find work since then. So that was kind of, that was my last time going to New York Comic-Con. So for a long time, when I thought about New York Comic-Con, I would think about that yeah. experience. <clears throat> so, I mean, like I haven't really wanted to go, but that's like eight years now. So, yeah. I mean, and I'm in a much different place now. Like quite honestly, I'd like to, I like to think that I was able to take that bit of loss and it really helped inspire me to move forward that would be a lie because it'd be a few years before what would actually get me going got me going is really when andy was born but after he after matt died it got bad like michelle was pregnant and we we had a we had a lost pregnancy that was not good yeah and then we were fostering i fostered a teenager and that ended very badly and then yeah and then i changed jobs a couple times and it was just it took it took me till Andy was born to really get my shit back together. It was about a good 18 months of legitimate depression. And I didn't know I was going through it at the, in the moment. It was like, I remember one day I was sitting with Andy. He was probably eight or nine months old. I was, and we were just snuggling and I just felt great. I'm like, this is great. And then it all kind of all kind of came back to me. Like, holy shit, I've been depressed. Someone just got shot at Dave's. Whoop. <laughs> Oh, is that fireworks? It's fireworks. Yeah. Ah, okay. So I, live in the, <laughs> I live in the country. So at some point, some hillbilly is going to blow up a small part of Ogle County, Illinois, and then I'll be able to match that. But yeah, that was, I don't know. We got time on the story and this stuff came up. So I figured I might as well, I might as well so, share that. So it's funny. As you said that, I was like, oh, that's right. So on, on our website, I have not yet to take this down. On the front page, you scroll down, get a free copy of JD's newest novel hawk hollow i was in 2018 actually but i appreciate that <laughs> coincidentally coincidentally because it'll be the five-year anniversary and i'm on this well i got to run a kickstarter every quarter thing in october for halloween because it's a halloween story 
I'm going to do a re-release of the book. I'm going to add another, I'm going to do some bonus content and I'm going to have, it's never been, I've never had, I've never had a hardcover novel, which is why this is here. Cause this was my proof of getting a, my first hardcover novel print. So I'm going right. to release a hardcover version of it. So it's an experiment. We'll see what happens. My buddy, Rich Clark, who, who did the the art and deluge and he did the harvest moon cover. Wow. It sounds like Vietnam at your house. So he's going to do that cover in October. So that'll be fun. Uh, uh- all right, so we'll we'll update it then because here's the here's the thing, it takes you to a. I remember it was a link. If you joined your mailing list, yeah, you got a free digital copy of the book, and obviously that link doesn't work anymore. Yes, I've taken that down. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know you still had that on there. But that's so cool. how I often I update all that kind of stuff on the site. Ah, it's okay. That's all right. Thanks. Let me tell a story though, man. I haven't told it in a while and it's good to get it off my chest sometimes. Yes. You know, I, I, I feel lighter just getting to talk about those kind of things. Well, speaking of things we should talk about, <laughs> should we, should we talk about some tweets? Let's do it. I suppose. Oh my God. I'm going to blow up my neighborhood. Uh, Sounds like platoon. Doesn't it? Seeing Willem Dafoe in my mind just flailing before. <laughs> it's a great movie. I got to watch that again now that I think about it. <laughs> all right. All right. So, so like, okay, we got a quite a few things on this, this past week, the Joker sequel. We talked about the Joker sequel. Do people really want this? <laughs> and why is my computer going crazy? Oh, Sorry. Uh, it's, this is okay. It's a giant pregnant pause. It's like, oh, I was making a joke. Oh, it wasn't a bad one. <laughs> no, my computer just went nuts. All right. So first we've got our good friend, Timothy Jones. I would only want a sequel if it linked up with the Batman, but they already established their Joker, so it's best left as the one shot. If they did bring back Phoenix as the the Batman's Joker, I think it would be a blockbuster. No joke. So, <laughs> yes, he now adds that to make sure we know that when he's being serious. Yes, yes, we need because there's the master of the dad joke, so you need to preface when you're being serious. The, he's the boy who cried dad joke. That's a good one. I'm proud of that. I don't think it works because didn't did, no I have not seen Joker but doesn't that take place in the seventies or in the eighties okay yeah very so, much very much an eighties movie yeah like very very early eighties right yeah, yeah yeah but I mean the story of the cars and the way yeah. people are dressed and the TVs the, and yeah it's very it's very like early eighties I don't Hill Street Blues it reminds me of bum, bum, bum. iconic theme song yeah so I mean but it's a comic book movie I mean. Instead, we're getting a is musical. It, is it a comic book movie? No, it's like, not. I, I don't. This is going to be one of the wild. This I'll give. I'll say this. This is one of the gutsiest things I think anyone's ever done with a comic book property. Either it's going to be very good or a, a catastrophic failure. And there's like no in between. There is. I don't, there is not. You're I right. Don't think, I don't think this could be an average movie. I don't think you could leave this movie and be like, it's okay. You know, I, I just think you're going, oh, that was brilliant or it was trash. And there's like no room for middle ground. There's so I'm no cu- middle ground. I'm curious. I'm curious. I'm I'm one of those. I want to wait till I see something. I agree. I agree. Show me something. Yeah. But I'm, I'm I'm curious. Chris Berry said. Oh, oh, wait, wait. Sour grapes. Available in finer <laughs> newspapers across this fine country. Almost <laughs> forgot. Yep, 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 yep. Chris Berry said, don't believe it's needed, but I would enjoy another installment. Hmm. That's a very sober take. We're not used to that on this show. No, not at all. Okay. And then we had, come on, load. Ooh, yeah. 
I got it. I'll, I'll do this one. I love a sequel. Joaquin Phoenix did an amazing job pulling emotion out of Joker. Uh, Another fair take. Yes, we're not we're not good at that. <laughs> no, we're not. I'm not used to that. It's crazy. Sure. I mean, if you like the movie, if you were into what what Joaquin Phoenix did, like it seems like if you want to win an Oscar, play the Joker. Yeah, that's true too. And then of course we also did mention last week that this is going to be a musical, and Harley Harley Quinn. Lady Gaga has been cast as Harley Quinn. Is she at Harley Quinn officially, or is she just in the movie? You know what? I don't know. I think they just said she was cast, and everyone... Everyone made the assumption that it was Harley Quinn? I'm going to do a quick little Google search. Continue. To which our good friend, Random Randy Savage, said, She's an okay actress. I just honestly think we have to stop going to this well. Going to this well. How many other female characters are in the DC lexicon that we could make a musical about? Where is my Miss Martian musical or Dreamer? <laughs> Can't do Dreamer until you get the whole Legion, but Miss Martian. True. I'm not seeing anything that directly says Harley Quinn. I think we're all just kind of filling in the blanks, which would make sense. And by the way, Lady Gaga, I think she is pretty good. She's actually she's actually pretty good in the Star is Born remake, right? Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I guess this is a bold experiment. Could suck. Yeah, I mean... And the thing is, too, does now that you've said that, does Harley Quinn even make sense without Batman? Without, without well, yeah, that's what they've been giving us. We haven't well, gotten Harley Quinn and Batman. I, in the sense of Harley Quinn's origin, which of course they'll change for the movie, is she's the doctor at Arkham that treats Joker and falls in love with him. They, you know what? That's the movie. It just hit me what they're gonna do. They're going to fall in love in Arkham Asylum, and it's going to be in Joker's Psychosis, the musical part. Oh. I'm willing to bet that's how they do it. There you go. And it's all in his mind, which that sounds like an episode of Batman the Animated Series, more so than a film. But Like okay. in Suicide Squad, when Harley's going down the hall shooting and all that, she sees all the birds and yeah. stuff, but like you know, that's all in her head. That's all in her head. So, yeah. so I imagine you could do like... So it actually kind of okay. I'm not gonna say I'm gonna use the term "makes sense" in like its loosest way. (laughs) Like if you could contain that, because again, that's such the first Joker movie, such like this grim, like street realism. To follow it up with a musical seems insane, but that could be the point: is that it's dealing with the insane, right? So yeah, yeah, I don't know. I'll go on a limb and say it. So I hear they're making they're gonna make Grifter into a movie. Well, no, this was. transitioning transition there you go i'm not used to transitions this is a question posed to us by one of our listeners scribbity post said just a thought scribbity scribbity Scribbity. i like that scribbity just a thought if they would be able to market it outside of the comic book community how do you think a grift movie would go over like my my initial instinct was to go who cares about grifter but in a world where the guardians of the galaxy was a big success maybe i mean he's got kind of a cool look so i guess you'd have to cast a a, well here's what's weird is i think you'd have to cast a star to play him but then you got to put a mask on him and like i said it kind of worked with deadpool but i don't know like i don't guess i haven't read enough of grifter to say like he's got a a big personality or not so i'm and do people would people see him as a deadpool ripoff maybe you know it's possible the red and black mask yeah assassin shooting everyone yeah i mean i don't know i it's put it this way if i was in charge of warner oh i thought of something else we can talk about in a minute 
that okay. remind me. If I was in charge of Warner, if I was David Zaslav, whatever his name is, I would not say let's green like this Grifter movie. I would do what he did. So let's make nine more Batman movies. Those make us money. <laughs> well, Grifter is Imager DC. Well, he no, he's Wildstorm. He's Jim Lee. That's one of the Wildcats. Oh, so then that is owned by DC now. Yeah, because Jim Lee's the last. You know, he's he's like the last survivor of. of the Wildstorm, everything in DC Comics, like that whole era of DC, like Jim Lee's the last man standing. He outlasted everybody over there. The public now, the sole publisher of DC Comics. And I, he's he's a tricky, tricky man. There's a good dude. Someone should write a, an autobiography, or not some. Someone should write a biography and <laughs> Jim Lee, or do a documentary or something, because that would yes. be Jim Lee would have story. to write the autobiography. He would, or he would have to, or no, actually, probably not. Jim Lee would have to hire someone to write his autobiography. And, nine times out of ten you hire a ghostwriter so but that would be a good story i would actually like to hear jim lee telling his life story i think that would be fascinating a more interesting than a grifter movie quite frankly <laughs> yeah it would be interesting i mean yeah i don't think warner brothers is gonna put money into something like that because they don't think they can make money off of anything that isn't batman wonder woman or superman at this point and they're making money is very important to them right now yes the guys from spread pigs to slaughter they said, thanks for a great interview and the support. We look forward to sharing some exciting updates very soon. So, Bobby and Kurt, those are my guys. I got to do my first solo interview on the show with those guys, and it was fun. There's, it's a, it's a wild-ass concept for a movie. I, I hope they can make that indie camp, the Indiegogo campaign stick. It's Man, it's a guy who, who crowdfunds stuff for books. The, the, the type of money needed to, to crowdfund a movie is horrifying to me. So, Oh, yeah. Like, I, I, I can't imagine. I can't imagine it either. I mean, not not granted. A lot of money goes to stars with movies. You got to make the movie. You got to pay for stuff, you know. Right. And he I actually mean, brought up he brought up a good point in the interview. He's like, you have to ask for so much money to be taken seriously. Like, if you crowdfund a movie for seven grand, people are going to be like, "It's a movie for seven grand. That's not real." So you have to ask for a big amount. Me, I will seven grand. That's a lot of money. Like you know, coming from fiction and comics. So yep, it's uh, I. I I'm glad it's not me, man. That's actually one reason I left filmmaking is because you're asking for so much money and you're kind of like, well, maybe I could pay it back. Like terrifying me. People got to get paid. People do got to get paid. I'm all for people getting paid. Me paying them is where it scares me. (laughs) So good luck, guys. Hope you hope you nail the hope you nail the campaign. We also talked about Jack Shiver, who has been tapped to direct the Thunderbolts for the MCU. We asked our fans what they thought about that again random randy savage is chiming in from the cult 45 podcast make sure i say that i would like this to be marvel's answer to the boys like ross creates a new avengers sponsored by pepsi and hammer tech but behind closed doors they can't help themselves be and be villains save one the new girl and it's quake from it's the shield. The the lovely Chloe Bennett. It's not a bad idea, but isn't that exactly the boys? Yeah, that is that's, exactly the boys. <laughs> so that's why I don't I don't want to see Marvel like it's beneath Marvel to try to do something in the same vein of someone who's trying to parody them, you know? Plus, I think the boys is so over the top. Yeah. With the violence and the sex and, and all of mm-hmm. that that like if they were to do that, they would just be like, Oh, it's a poor yeah. version of the boys it's yeah. exactly it'd be a poor man's version of the boys and i don't think disney would want to do that either you know i do love the idea of of the villains team up i like because that's kind of what the thunderbolts was right they were 
they presented themselves as heroes, but they were villains. And then there was like a change, like some of them want to be heroes. There's a story there. Warren Ellis's version of the Thunderbolts is, is basically Marvel's Suicide Squad. Yeah. You know, which either one could work. I don't know. That's a that's a tough that's a tough project to tackle, to be quite frank. And Taco Shirt Krillin. What a hell of a name. <laughs> said there's some things they could pull off. They have ghosts doing nothing and a few other villains they could explain back somehow. Hard not to make it too suicide squadish though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, again, I don't know if that's a bad thing. You just gotta find your own take on it. I right? feel like I feel like because the MCU takes takes what's the word I'm looking for liberties oh, with okay. with their own properties and they don't they do. do things exactly the same as the comics. I kind of feel like we're getting going to get a mashup of the Dark Avengers and Thunderbolts. I think, which is pretty much, quite frankly, the Dark Avengers was Brian Bendis writing Warren Ellis's Thunderbolts, and he even said that. Yeah, like it's the same. It's the same lineup, basically. Yeah, I think, but I think we're going to get the U.S. agent. What's his face? The the abomination. You know, just all of those guys because, like, they've been setting them up in the movies and and the the evil version of Black Widow. Oh yeah, yeah, she's there too. I forgot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're all there. It's not. I mean, Zemo again. Zemo's there. And Zemo's, Zemo's, yeah, Zemo's Zemo. leader of the Thunderbolts. So you need yep. to have Zemo. So yeah, I guess it's all there. It'll work. And I yeah, what's her name? I forgot. Julia Louis Dreyfus. She's playing Lady Hydra. Like yeah, yeah. This, yeah they're, it's all they're there. setting it up. It's they're all there. Set, <laughs> it's all there. There. <laughs> so yeah. What was the last one? This is for, also from Scribbity Post. He said, Scribbity. "I'm glad you guys touched on Miss Marvel. I liked that they switched it up." The changes in culture is definitely cool, and it may be a kid's show, but I'm kind of digging it. Yeah. Cool. I, I definitely agree with that. I guess you haven't watched it at all. Nope. I just finished Stranger Things, which I can go off. I know you don't watch Stranger Things, but I spent the last the last two episodes came out, and that was four, uh, four and a half hours of my life for the last two episodes. So my, yeah. my son's like, they should make a Stranger Things movie. I'm like, buddy, they've done nothing but make Stranger Things movies. Like every episode is the length of a movie unto itself. I heard that, the la- especially the last episode was really long. Two and a half hours. But I'll tell you something. It was a fantastic two and a half hours. Like it doesn't slow down. Like they have so many characters and so many story beats that they actually, to my surprise, do a fantastic job balancing it out. All right. I know you didn't like it, so I'm not going to push you into watching it because you do have to watch all th- three. Like it culminates like the last season, this last season really culminates and explains, you know, the storyline version of why everything happens the way it does. You know, we finally meet the big bad who's kind of controlling the upside down and it's characters die or maimed. I mean, there's stakes by the end of the season. You're like, God, yeah. there's like too many stakes, you know? <laughs> It was hard. It was harsh. It was really good, though. That being said, I haven't watched Miss Marvel, but I'm really glad people are liking it. Oh, there you go. So I sent you Wait, something in the chat. Before we get to that. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Let's do the commercial. Let's, let's do our let's do our normal. Our normal. Here's our if you liked social media madness and you want to be a part of it, like Scribbity and Scribbity. Random Randy Savage and and Taco Shirt Krillin. Here's a good friend D Square to tell you more. Enjoying the show? Want to be part of Social Media Madness? Make sure you are following SuperheroSpeak.com where you can find all of the show's social media links at the top of the page. While you're there, you can check out old episodes of the podcast as well as some other great content. 
check the site often because we are posting some great comic reviews as well as comic book and movie news content every day. Make sure and follow us on Twitter at Superhero Speak. And while you're there, check out the rest of the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. You can follow them at stars underscore geek. The Geek World All-Star Podcast Network include great programs such as the Pop Prison Power Podcast, Colt 45, So Wizard, Fans on Patrol, the Gorilla Brain Podcast, and of course, Superhero Speak. Search for hashtag GWAllStars. You will not be disappointed. Now, it's back to Dave and the boys on Superhero Speak. Thanks for that, Don. And don't forget to check out the Omega Level Nerds podcast, available on YouTube and wherever podcasts are available. And we're going to take our first and only commercial break, and we'll be right back with some news, I think. After these messages, we'll be right back. All right, JD. So you have so the CW was purchased by Next Star, which sounds like a bad Green Lantern villain. Is it? But Next, is it, I thought Next Star. Is, that sounds like a mobile network. It is, according to this release by it's a Collider article, which quotes the Wall Street Journal. The Wall Street Journal pays to make you read their stuff. Nothing wrong with that. Journalism's got to make money, but I can't use it for the show if we do that. So they, this next star is a major owner of uh, small broadcast networks. It sounds like they're a can it is sound like a competitor to Sinclair or something like that, but they have purchased yeah. the majority ownership in the CW See, uh, with 25% of the net, they'll own 75% of the network and there are 12 and a half percent split between discovery Warner discovery, I should say and Paramount, who I forgot was the other co-owner of the CW. And on top of that, on top of that, this is what's crazy about this. They just they took over the network by inheriting the debt, which is in excess of a hundred million dollars. This sounds like some kind of strange hide the money legal move. Oh, corporation! It, it really does. It sounds like a corporate shell game. That's because it, yeah. It sounds like because when the company says, "Yeah, we'll take on that debt," and they're like, "It's a hundred million dollars," like it's okay. Like they're going to write off a gigantic loss this year because how can you not? It's a hundred million dollars. Mm-hmm. And then I'm sure more because again, what Zaslav and saying we need to cut three billion dollars from the budget. Hundred million's a good chunk of it, you know. Yeah, I mean, so that's, that's. I mean, my guess is they're going to rebrand CW, and they're going to make it into what they want it to be. And I don't know, I don't know what that is, but I imagine all the CW shows are probably on their way out. Well, they they're all done. Is flashes? Are we all done? Done? Is this the last season of all of them? I haven't been keeping up. I think I think we're getting. This the season coming up is going to be it for Flash, and I'm pretty sure everything else is everything else done. Done. Everything else was canceled or wrapped up already. Well, that's. I mean, these are all. If we care about Warner Brothers and Warner Discovery and DC Comics, this is what has to happen to move that company forward, right? Yeah. Because they're in finance, they're in financial trouble. Like the pandemic really hurt them. They did not do a very good job like they lost money on a lot of their movies they made a Uh, lot of mistakes made a lot of mistakes which is why which is why they got rolled into warner discovery because again Mm -hmm. when there's a merger there's always one person that winds up on top and the fact that the the discovery people came in and took over tells you who had the stronger relationship in that so they're cleaning up the warner mess right now and i think we had a good decade right of the cw doing their thing so i think rather than warning that 
we should take cover and hide from the shells. We should, <laughs> we should embrace what we had, right? Don't mourn what we lose. Be happy that for a good six, seven years, you had a network that was basically dedicated to giving you nothing but comic book properties. Yeah. And I do think I honestly, cause you can look at any of those shows and they all started off with strong ratings and then mm-hmm. dropped significantly. And I do think that, aided a lot of what we talk about a lot on the show with the superhero fatigue it was just it was too much you know you had flash batgirl or batwoman arrow the that's about to say suicide squad legends, legends of, tomorrow. of tomorrow we had uh black lightning black supergirl lightning. supergirl lois and clark was that what it's called clark and lois yeah, Bob I was about to say Lois and Clark: The New Adventures of Superman, but I couldn't. Was... was it Clark and Lois? Or Lois and Clark? What did they call it? The new Superman show? It was. I think it was Lois, Superman, and Lois Lane. I think that's they didn't call it. it wasn't Clark? Whatever. I don't yeah. remember. I can't remember. Whatever. You, we all know what I'm talking about. Again, those. If that's done, that's okay. Warner's going to move all their stuff to to W or to HBO Max, mm-hmm. and that's where everything. That's where everything should live. Like I'm trying to find stuff, Scooby Doo stuff for my kid, and it's all over the place on apps like some stuff's yeah. on tubi some stuff's on here some stuff there some stuff's on amazon like they need to do a disney does just consolidate right this is our stuff it lives here again that's gonna be hard with contracts being what they are but they need to work toward that i, I think a big part of the problem with like scooby-doo something that's been around that long i think has changed ownership a few times Hanna barbera has been owned by warner brothers for like 30 years now okay but who owned the rights to the stuff like Hanna barbera they, creation. they always owned all the distribution mm-hmm. rights and everything and oh, okay. got bought by mgm which got bought by turner which got bought by warner i mean it's like it's there's a lot but the, the chain is there oh okay know? well then, they then lease, i don't know like it's, this... well, they lease their stuff out for money same as everybody else you know while they were putting they were in the earlier days of these streaming platforms you just license your stuff out to everybody to make more money disney did not do that yeah and i know disney's not the only game in town but like they're doing it the best and it's hard to it i mean now granted all these companies don't have the kind of money that disney has too you know but they can still copy them and have the same success on a smaller scale they can copy i think warner was having success the problem is they started in such a hole and the pandemic because remember they were trying to entice everyone to come over to hbo max during the pandemic by essentially shooting their box office in the groin you know like you couldn't have these big theatrical releases because you're gonna put it right on the, the yeah i mean like that four hours that four hour justice league thing if four hour movies a hard sell at the theater but that mm-hmm. would have made them more money than what they got on you know for your ten dollar subscription a month you know oh i i, th- I definitely think so so i mean these are this this is admitted this is why there's such corporate upheaval right now not up people that's actually settled, but this is why they're doing all this and why they cancel the shows, why they're getting rid of the CW. I mean, this is just stuff that's got to happen for their corporate survival. Well, I mean, it's, it's so funny too, because we've also had this conversation quite a few times about like, and I've, I've listened to other podcasts like, Oh, well, they should just do everything streaming. And it's like, but they're not going to make the same yeah. money of you watching it at home that they do when you go to the movie theater. Remember and what, remember what Disney did. Right. Disney was making you pay extra to stream their movies. Yes. So like if you want to, a soul is the best name I can think of. You want to watch soul? Fine. $10 on top of your $10. Right. Warner right. didn't do that. And they still didn't make anywhere near what they would have made in the theater. That's oh. the other thing. And I think the proof of that is, and everyone who's been like bitching about wanting everything streaming has to look at 
now they are majorly pushing people to get back into the theater because yeah, they didn't make any money for two years better part of two years right and and along those lines it was, they have officially come out and said yeah we're still going to release flash that was the other bit of news i was going to tell you about they're they're going to go ahead and release the flash movie with crazy pants yes but he's not going to be in any future uh projects right because they can't because people like they should just cut him out of the movie and they're like he's in the whole movie yep like because then you got to throw away the movie and again they're not they are not in a financial position to take an entire movie and junk it like that's losses of hundreds of millions of dollars and just him being in it's going to hurt it's going to hurt the box office right because there's people that won't see it because ezra miller's in it but some people seeing it's better than nobody seeing it yeah, I do. I think people are going to see it. I think there'll be some. I mean, like there'll be more talk than there will be of actual results. You know, what I'm saying it's going to be there'll be a, there'll be a social media campaign of people who boycott the film, which is fine. They have that right. But most people will see it at the theater, but not as many as would have. I think right? the marketing is going to focus to Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton, and the, there's also a rumor Ben Affleck's in it too. Oh, I'm sure he probably is. They're just they might as well call this Flashpoint. You know what they should call it? Batman colon flashpoint <laughs> and don't be surprised if they don't and have michael keaton be the feature have all the marketing revolve around batman because you've got to save this movie they spent what 200 some odd million dollars on it yeah like what are you gonna do you can't throw away 200 million dollars and who knows what they're gonna spend on marketing like yeah probably another hundred million easily because i think they probably had a marketing campaign set out pandemic hit everything got pushed back but now they've got to restructure that campaign that's going to cost money mm-hmm. you know and i'm sure the, the the advertisers are like yep give us more money i mean so, like they have i mean the advertisers are doing it too like everyone is like i don't know they're not penny pinching but everybody's kind of you know grasping for what's quote unquote theirs mm-hmm. so i mean like ain't nobody cutting nobody breaks right now i mean no. it's going to be it's it's going to be interesting it's they have an uphill they have an uphill battle marketing this movie because we basically already got it with Doctor Strange, right? They're going to have, it's the same movie, basically. So they're really going to have to make this, they're really going to have to make this work with an actor that everybody hates. Yeah. Good luck. It's going to fail. <laughs> Good luck. All right. What would I, what would you think if I told you it's been 30 years since Dr. Sam Beckett stepped into the Quantum Leap Accelerator and vanished? Now a new team has been assembled to restart the project in the hopes of understanding the mysteries behind the machine and the man who created it. Everything changes, however, when Ben makes an unauthorized leap into the past, leaving the team behind to solve the mystery of why he did it. At Ben's side throughout his leaps is Addison, Caitlin Bassett, who appears in the form of a hologram only Ben can see and hear. She's a decorated Army veteran who brings level-headed precision to her job. That's the official synopsis of the new Quantum Leap. And September 19th on NBC is when it's going to premiere. I'm going to watch it because I love Quantum Leap. It's one of my favorite television programs of all time. It sounds like a total redo of the... It is. (laughs) At least they're steering into it. Like, again, Scott Bakula is saying he's not involved. I don't believe him because people lie about these things. So they have the moment. Uh He's pulling a Garfield, if you will. The Andrew, not the cat. I'm about to say... (laughs) I think he's you not, mean a Spider-Man actor, not, not a cat. He's not struggling on Mondays. He's not he's eating about, lasagna. He's not eating lasagna. He's not trying to kill normal. He's lying about being in a movie. So, or a TV show in this case. 
So yeah, man, I'm on. I'm in. It sounds. I mean, I'm hoping Addison's a terrible name, by the way. It's an absolutely terrible name, but I'll, I'll learn to live with it if the show is good. I hope she's funny because it doesn't sound like she's funny. What made Al work is Al was funny. Al was also a military guy, but he was not straight laced. He was a well, he was quite cancelable in today's culture. Al would have been canceled, but I hope she's funny. I hope it'll work. What so, do you think? Well, I. Yeah, no, I'm definitely going to check at least check out the first episode. I'm kind of curious, like, do you set it in the future? Like, yeah, you have to. Yeah, but wasn't the first Quantum Leap's future like now? That's details. <laughs> you just do, you do the comic book, you push it back, you push it back, you push it now, back. If you remember the, the, one of the catches in the show was you could only leap back. Within your timeline. Within your timeline. Yes. So if he's 30 even if they said it 10 years in the future, he can only go back to 2010. It's <laughs> a good point. Unless you said, okay, well, here's what you could do. You could set it today. Cause quantum leap, I believe was set in the nineties, right? Yeah. So if you play it off, like this quantum leap was actually happening and we just didn't know it. True. Right? You could do that. And then you'd have some flexibility. So again, if he's 30 now, then as far back as you could go, it's like 1992 basically, which is when the show goes off the air. So, there is a there is a symmetry, and if you could if you could work Sam back in and cross timelines, there has been instances in Quantum Leap where he was able to have someone else's timeline or leap further back. Remember, he goes into the Civil War. Yes, at one point. he leaps. Yeah, and he has Al, like he's an Al at one point. Him and Al switch places, so you go back to World War Two, Korea. I forget which, but you go back to Korea, like before. Yeah, you go well, you go back to when before Sam was born, when Al was younger. So there are ways to circumvent it because it's fiction. There's no one way to kill a vampire you know doesn't really matter it doesn't really matter unless you can justify it with just explaining it in the in context and you can get away with it i don't know man i hope i hope they release a trailer soon and i hope it's good because i really want to i really want to like this so here's another question given the the concept of the show of writing things that went went wrong right Mm -hmm. and even though they took place around i see that's one of the things that worked right because you had like the civil rights movement he could go yeah. back and, and experience that you had the vietnam war he could go back and experience the term, turmoil going on because of that like so now but yet they kept the stories small and contained right that's because, the best kind of stories yeah right because he can't except, go back and save jfk that, well they did that they did that on the show he went back and saved jackie kennedy he literally leaps into a secret service agent and that's the trick is like he, why, right. he's oswald he's he leaps into oswald that's what and then Oswald took over his brain and he almost did. And then he left into a secret service agent and he saves Jackie Kennedy. So everyone went, Oh, okay. Kind of a cop out, but sure, right. for the show. Okay, fine. That being said, that was in the last season of quantum leap. That wasn't very good. I would have told him not to do it, but you could set stories around nine 11. Yeah. Right? But you he could, can't stop nine. He can't stop it, but you can save people who died in nine. Yeah, true. You true. can stop someone from getting on a plane. You can stop someone from going into a building. Like there's smaller stories, which is what quantum leap works best. You can do that. You can do something from the nineties. Like, I don't, I'm blanking off the top of my head. Gulf war, right. You can do the, Oh, the Oklahoma City bombing. Oklahoma City bombing. That's when you can. I mean, there's a lot of stuff you could set stuff. There's been there's been enough tragedy, you know. Oh yeah, no housing market collapse of the 2000s. You know, dot com bubble burst. I'm not saying there hasn't been hanging chads. Like there's a lot of stuff. (laughs) Oh my god, no, no, no. There's a lot. NBC, do not do an episode. (laughs) I remember living through that. I do not want to see a show on it. 
that's but, uh, there's there's a lot you could do. Here's the question: Does it work now? Because because nowadays people want more long form story instead of episodic television. I agree with you on that. I think there needs to be an overall arc. There needs to be like a show arc. It do can't you just have, be. Do you have things that he changes affects the future, and then he's got to fix that, or and you keep doing stuff like that and keep it like you know Doctor Who screwing stuff up. My when I was like farting around with this idea, my idea was that like the uh, Project Quantum Leap would come back to get Sam Beckett, right? So yeah, it'd be like the fugitive, like he's doing stuff, but at the same time they're after him, right? So they need to do something, not like my idea, but just like something in that regard where you need like an overall, you need to be moving toward something because you're right, Syria. People get like the idea of episodic and serial serialized storytelling confused. An episodic show is like what we had with like Smallville, for example. Like it's the monster of the week. Buffy, mm-hmm. the monster of the week. You could there's an overarching theme, but everything moves toward this one thing. That's that's episodic. Serialized is literally one episode follows the next, and every episode, like Stranger Things, for example, that's right. serialized storytelling. We have way more way moved more toward the serialized storytelling format. So they're going to need an overall show point. Like Ben is going to have to be doing something. And it sounds like they ran, it sounds to me from that synopsis, like they are looking for him to find out why he did this. And right, he, right. he probably doesn't even remember why he did it because the quantum leap Swiss Message cheese. Your brain. Yeah. So that's going to be the mystery. It's going to be a little bit like Memento, quite frankly, is, which sounds cool to me when I say it. Like he's going to figure out why he did this while they're trying to figure out why he did this. Huh, that's not a bad idea. It isn't actually. Now that I'm and, and it out. could be that he doesn't want to go back because he knows he's got to do something, something. but he doesn't right. know what. So I'm in. I'm game. It's as long as long as the characters are interesting. I'm in. Like as long as Ben can live up to Sam Beckett. As long as this Addison is as fun as Hal or Al. Excuse me. I think this show could work. Yeah, and as long as it's not he's going back to save his mother and then changes everything. No, no flashpoint. That, that would be a flashpoint. And that's not worked out good for anybody, quite frankly. No, 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 not at all. Oh, my goodness. Bombs bursting in mid-sentence. Yes, that's... Episode title. <laughs> Bombs bursting in mid-sentence. I don't know. Man, I thought, I, I mean, I'm the one who lives near Chicago. I don't, but, like, I'm close enough here in the Now, this is the problem with living in the city, is that... so. Probably about a half hour before we got on here, they were going, one neighbor was setting off fireworks, you know, and I'm telling you, that's not one neighbor. Like someone did it and, and then, then stopped, and then, yeah. then the next person goes and does it, you know, because they also don't want to do it when neighbor A is doing it. So neighbor A waits for, or neighbor B waits for neighbor A to finish and then neighbor B starts up and then someone's going to go across the street to the park and set them off there later. They were going off at midnight. Like, really? Thank God I don't have to get up tomorrow. Like, yeah, and I'm living here in the country, and I'm amazed none of my hillbilly neighbors are trying to blow anything up right now. It's actually <laughs> very calm and peaceful out here, which is good. I got a puppy, and I'm not sure how he's going to react to fireworks. So if, if we do decide to go out tomorrow, we'll take him with, you know, because we don't yeah. know. We don't know. Some dogs freak out about fireworks. Some don't. Some don't care. You never know until he's only six months old, so we won't know yeah. until, until we put him until we I, until we put him through it sounds cruel, but until he hears it, we won't. Yeah, know. my my dog, my last dog that I had, he it didn't bother him. Yeah, my yeah. last two didn't. And, but my dog growing up, she hated fireworks. She hated thunder. 
Yeah, she would hide under the bed. Why last dog, Wicked, our metal cockapoo, when he got older, thunder really bothered him. Fireworks never, but thunder for some reason. Maybe it was the way it smelled, too, because, you know, the mm, smell maybe. of a storm. He, We had to get him a thunder shirt. You ever see those things? Yes. It's like yeah. weighted, right? Yeah, you wrap it around him, and it's like hugging them constantly. Uh-huh. And that would help a little bit. And we gave him some, like, doggy Prozac, basically, and he would calm down. <laughs> but he would get all kinds of worked up. Doggy Prozac. There's a, it's a medicine. I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head, but we jokingly called it Doggy Prozac. Oh, Warner, did you see Warner Brothers has delayed Dune Part 2? No. Why? Set MonsterVerse sequel date, though. I didn't even know they were doing a MonsterVerse sequel. What's MonsterVerse? Well, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Wasn't that? Hold on a second. Monster, I'm looking it up right now on Twitter. MonsterVerse? Yeah. I... Oh, oh, the Godzilla. Yeah, so, okay. Yeah, that's Godzilla the... versus Khan. Yeah, that's... that's... That's fine. Coming out March 15, 2024. Those movies make some money, so I'm okay with it. And there's an audience for it. I'm surprised about Dune, though. I know. Like, everyone, I hate that. You know, I hate that they didn't do both of them at the same time. I, I was and shocked. just release them a year apart. Shocked that they didn't try to. Dune will begin full on production cast 20. This is from seven hours ago, actually. Dune 2 will begin full on production with cast on July 21st. So they're going to start shooting at the end of the month. Okay. Starts filming on Monday, actually. Monday the 21st, I guess. So, yeah, man. Cool. I mean, that's good. We get to see... Did you like Dune? I forget. We talked about it. It was okay. It was a bit of a slog. I it, was a bit, it was a bit sloggy. Like, watching the movie made me not want to read the book, to be honest with you. And I didn't dislike the movie, but I didn't love it either. And I think... And I, I remember saying this, like, the scene at night when they were fighting, like, I couldn't tell anything that was going on. It was dark, you know, and I, you said, oh, you feel that they did that on purpose to make, give you that a feeling about yeah, I, I think being it's in a, the fight. And, a choice. I don't know yeah. if it's a good choice, but it was a choice. Yeah. But I mean, like you're watching a visual medium. You don't want to. No argument. You, you don't want to be confused on what's going on. No argument. I think that's, I think that is a thing we do too much. in film. Yes. And we didn't have Sting in a metal bikini. So, I mean. We had that last time though. So why, you know, why try to redo what you know works? You gotta you gotta try something different because you're never gonna beat the image of sting in a bikini. So never why try. No, why why even try? <laughs> All right. Well, what do you think? I think I think we did a good I think we did a good job. I think we know this show works better with three. Yeah. But I think we did a good job, you know, considering we were throwing a curveball at the last minute. We we were prepared for an interview. And we didn't get to do it. And then John is hurt. So, you know, I think you and I did a good job. And yeah, I, the only thing I was, I, I had said, maybe I'll just do a solo thing complaining about toxic fandom. Well, I never got to that. Yeah, just because, like, I keep seeing all these people who just didn't like Obi-Wan. And I'm like, what do you want? Like, yeah, we did that last week. And then I did yeah. it with Don, too, on his show. I, I'm just kind of over giving these stupid people, like, what do they want? They want to complain. That's what I really believe. I think that's, they want to. That's be, all it is, right? Because, like. I think that show gave everyone what every fan has always wanted. Yeah. You know, and like to come and, and you see stupid people complaining about, you know, well, he didn't kill Vader and all that. I was like, we couldn't. Like, it's a prequel to, we're, we're going to see him in a move, but like. He's, he didn't kill Vader in the last, and he couldn't, right? Right. Obi Wan Kenobi's not a killer. Batman doesn't kill the Joker either, right? bitch about right. that all you want like you just want to complain about and it's like it's a lot of the younger star wars fans too yes it's a lot of these people like 
I think guys like us are a little bit battle hardened because we grew up with the original trilogy and then we were kind of let down a little bit in some way, shape or form, some more than others by the sequel trilogy or the prequel trilogy. So we're kind of like, ah, Star Wars could be bad sometimes. That's okay. We still love Star Wars. For the people that grew up with the sequel trilogy, that's or the prequel trilogy, they think that's good stuff. So they're not let down yet. You know, now they have to learn to be let down a little bit. Well, and then, then the one thing I saw today was Star Wars is too hung up on old characters. And it's like, I get it, right? And they, But they gave us Mandalorian, right? They gave us a new story. And yes, they did then ended up tying in, you know, Luke and everything to it. But I don't know. I People who say that aren't creatives and don't understand what properties are. Star yeah. Wars is Luke Skywalker. If you yeah. give me something else that's not Luke Skywalker, the Star Wars branding, people are like, this isn't Star Wars, right? This yeah. is what we have. And this is what we have in comics all the time is when yes. we try to, when we try to do legacy characters, right? You try to, because again, that's the thing is things get old. People want something new. Then you give them something and they go, well, I don't want this. I want something. I want what I like, you know, but comics people have been through this. So they get it. They cycle like, right. You have the, it's like, yep. it's like, it's like economics, your boom bust cycles. Like you, you only, break the toys and then you fix the toys and then everybody's happy when you fix the toys. Yes. You very rarely get a new character that takes off that people like, you know, like Miss Marvel. It, in all honesty, I think she is the last new superhero that like has a genuine following that people genuinely like. She's a good character. Like, yeah, I agree. I mean, I think they hit. I think they kind of for years because I think the one the character before that in Marvel you could argue that for is probably Deadpool. Yeah. Right. And then before that it's probably Wolverine. Like they there's not unless it was created by Stan and Jack or someone Stan and Jack adjacent. It's yeah. a hard it's hard to get acclimated permanently into that universe. No, you're right. You're right. Like it's they want the characters that were created at least by the early seventies. Like from the midst, other than the X Men, the new all new X Men. That's really it as far as what is stuck, with the exceptions of like, okay, Ghost Rider came in. Okay, we like Ghost Rider, but we can't really figure out which version of Ghost Rider. We like, we like property Ghost Rider. But it's true. That's why they flipped Ghost Rider. And Ghost Rider like came out and he was successful for a while. And then, like, then he went away. And then then they, then they, then they brought him back and he was successful. Then he went away because he doesn't have, he doesn't have the staying power, but the design is really cool. And the same with Deadpool. Deadpool came and people really liked him, but then he kind of went away. And then there was, you know, Re, like people started living Deadpool again. So that's it. Like it's been really hard to make these characters stick that aren't Stan, like I said, Stan and Jack adjacent. Yeah. Like it's that's because that's what people want. People are like, what are we gonna do? I'm telling you, man, when the Marvel universe is done with this first wave of characters, there's gonna be a lot of people who are done. Yeah. Who are gonna feel like these are my guys. I think we're starting to see a little bit of it, but the the train is moving along. But again, when the fan base gets older this is what happens you're right right you like know. it's going to be interesting it's also why i believe their thunderbolts is going to be a dark avengers mm-hmm. with evil analogs of all the characters from the have- first avengers so it's something different but feels familiar i didn't even think of that till you just said it you're right that is what it's going to be we're going to so let's hold on so we'll have abomination right we'll have That's black Hulk. widow we'll have u.s agent so who else is missing we need a hawkeye yeah. We need a Iron a, Man. An Iron Man. We need a Thor. Is that it? Did I get yeah. everybody? That's it. That's all the Avengers from yeah. the first movie. There's six Avengers and seven Justice Leaguers. <laughs> so you need those three analogs. Like, I don't know what you're going to do for evil Iron Man. I don't. Like, unless this is where R- Randy, Randy, 
where Rhodes comes in and what War Machine? War Machine comes in thinking he's on a legitimate government thing. Maybe. And and realizing that the people he's on the team with are evil. Because that's the role Hawkeye plays in the original Thunderbolts. So you could do that just with Hawkeye, although it would make it might make more sense to do it with War Machine, quite yeah. frankly, because it's harder to find that Stark analog. I'm not sure who the Thor. I mean, you could do Loki, but I feel like Loki's bigger than this now. Yeah. So you could throw some other Asgardian thing. I don't know. Beta Ray Bill. Like, I don't know. There's something they could do. But there's I didn't think about that, about the that with the Thunderbolts until you just said that. Yeah. That's interesting. And then they're gonna slip the young Avengers in to that's that's gonna happen. Yeah. Either in a Wanda solo thing or they're just gonna go ahead and run with it then i think we'll start getting more because the groundwork is i was telling my wife about this because she watched multiverse finally and she really liked it so i was telling her like oh yeah they're set up the young avengers because she's a not she's a you know she's a civilian so i was like she's like <laughs> what's what's the young avengers and i said oh and i explained it. so we've already got them we've already got them here they're already here you don't even know it and yeah. i explained to her and she was like oh so there's a lot of people who are just mcu fans who don't know that they've been like subterfugially introduced to this wave of characters i don't know it's gonna be interesting the next five six years in the marvel universe is fascinating because this is kind of like can you keep the trains going with b and c listers we're gonna we're gonna find out more soon though i'm pretty I sure san diego they're gonna make some big announcements about yeah. the future so. but again you've also you've also got the fantastic four and the x-men in your back pocket oh yeah so you're okay but you know the emperor's clothes you know they're, they're looking a little see-through yeah, and this is where I think I think this is the point where you can try Thunderbolts and Young yeah. Avengers and see where it goes. Well, especially with Disney Plus, because that yeah. gives you some flexibility. Like not every like I don't think they have the courage to do a Miss Marvel movie, but the Miss Marvel, you know, Disney Plus series is a brilliant idea. Yeah. Right? Like the WandaVision as a movie might have been weird, but as a TV series, you kind of think, oh yeah, okay, okay. And you let it play out a little bit and it's all right. Like there's just we let things slip for movies or for TV, excuse me, that we don't do for movies. Like True. we let a story play out longer. I watched nine Stranger Things movies back to back. <laughs> like that's madness, but it worked. It was really good. Yeah. So again, our, our expectations for TV are just different, which is weird to say. You think that the unknown characters would get like the faster, the, the you know, the more compact thing. That's the opposite. They give them these long drawn out exactly so we're we know who they are we're we're used to them yeah yeah i tell you stranger things they introduced a character in episode one of this last season that i hated i'm like this guy is so freaking annoying i hate him what the hell why is he in this show he's not interesting they killed him in the last episode and i was in tears so that's just good (laughs) writing but again they gave me 11 and a half hours with a character 12 hours something like that so like what i didn't like initially i learned like you see through it you get past it i come to point out i think now they introduced everybody so over the top that it allowed you to strip the layers away once you got to like the obviousness of them and then you got to know them as people which is a very gutsy way to do it but it worked out a lot i really like that show i could i could speak about it forever to be honest with you i really did I know maybe you one day I, i'll watch more of it i think season four is uh, might be the second best season i know you didn't like stranger things one but I think it might be just from a pure storytelling perspective, it might be the best season. But if you don't have the weight of the previous three, I don't think it works. It's like, you know, reading a series, you know? Yeah. You pick up book five, it might, you know, might be a good story, but you don't have that bag, that emotional baggage that you pick up in the previous four. 
It's like watching Endgame without having ever seen another Marvel movie. And there's people that do that. Can you believe that? They're, no. They're madmen. Absolute madmen. <laughs> All right. Well, did you learn anything this week? Did I learned our anything? show. Is, I learned our show is better with three. <laughs> we are a better triumvirate. But I, like I said, I think we did a good job. I learned that I miss John's jokes. I really do. Like I miss John's presence. Yes, I agree. All right. Any recommendations? Uh, I just finished Shadows of the Empire finally because it took me forever because I've just been so busy with a six-year-old this summer. So that was really good. My Kickstarter campaign is not live yet, but I'm collecting follows. Follows help the algorithm. It tells Kickstarter's algorithm engines that, mm-hmm. hey, people are interested in this thing. So if you can help me out and give it a follow, you don't even have to back the book right now, but you're, I really would like you to. So just before it launches at the end of the month, give it a follow and I would appreciate it greatly. Yes. And you apparently recommend season four of Stranger Things. I do recommend, highly recommend Stranger Things. That too. <laughs> well, I will recommend that you go to superheroespeak.com where you can find the podcast every week. Links to all our social media at the top of the page. Dead links for a free book that will be taken down before this episode comes out. And comic book reviews by our good friend D-Square. Recommendations. I'm going to recommend that if you live in the city, do not annoy your neighbors with fireworks. Fair or your pod, especially if they do a podcast. Exactly. You don't know. You don't know who's podcasting. Come on. Mm-hmm. And it's not even the fourth yet. No, it's, we're recording on the third. That's nuts. <laughs> but I hope that you all have had a healthy and happy fourth because this will come out after the fourth. <laughs> and until next time, as always, thanks for listening. Don't let your cape be caught in the door. Have a good week.